0: buying a ticket to a show does not mean that you bought a ticket to like meet this person or get anything other than a show. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan.
1: And I'm Jenna Million. And this is the podcast where we take the piss and debunk music fan stereotypes. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew Bubba Band way before you did.
0: And if you stick around long enough, we'll let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about.
1: So, Sarah, what are we talking about today?
0: So, I thought it would be important to talk about the toxicity in the fandom community, especially in the wake of our fangirl episodes, which I know have been, like, a few weeks in the past now, but I'm honestly still reeling. So, for those of you who don't follow me on TikTok, where I am every day trying to become a famous internet teen... Um, a bunch of actual internet teens did not take lightly to me um, taking the piss out of Ashton Irwin for having consistent foot-in-mouth syndrome when it comes to talking about <laughs> female fans. Because, like, if you actually listen to the podcast instead of just attacking a 28-year-old woman on TikTok, they would know that I really wanted to give Ashton Irwin a redemption arc. Like, I really wanted to. He just has internalized misogyny. Again, I I tried to, I tried to Give Ashton Irwin the benefit of the doubt, but these girls on TikTok were really mad at me because I made like a joke PSA type video as promotion for our fangirl episode, being like, oh, like has this man ever really ever like personally offended you? And then showed Ashton Irwin's face. And I made a joke about the fact that he wrote English Love Affair and that it's rumored to be about Gemma Styles, who's Harry Styles' sister. And they were really mad that I brought that up. But I was like this is it's a it's a joke, And then they were really mad about everything else because it wasn't the rest of it wasn't a joke. I genuinely just don't. I think that he doesn't know like having female fans, but that's a personal opinion, but they were mad that I didn't call it a personal opinion. so yes, fans on the internet get really pressed when other fans don't agree with them on things, and I mean. I feel like everybody's had an instance, whether it be a large group of fans attacking them or just like a friend being like, I thought you really liked this artist. Why are you like bashing them on Twitter? And it's like, I cannot like something that they do. There's a a big problem of like fans pitting themselves against other fans, whether that be in the like old age of MySpace era of things of being like, oh, I've known that band since MySpace. So like, I'm better than you or it be because you have, like, a differing opinion, it seems that as the internet has gotten to be more of, like, an every second of the day used thing, that fans of musicians, or fans of really anything, the second that you don't agree with something that they want, they're like, me, oh, like, me and my friends are gonna attack you now, and so voicing an opinion, whether that be that Ashton Irwin is has internalized misogyny issues. Um, or if that's um you didn't like Harry Styles' outfit for like the lights up video, like someone's gonna come after you on the internet for it. And I think that is just a really important topic to discuss because this doesn't only hurt fellow fans, it also hurts people who work in music journalism, and it also hurts the artists. And there have been a lot of instances where, like, fights have broken out at concerts because people have gotten into tiffs on the internet being like, oh, like, you're a fake fan. Like, you only found them recently. And it's like that gatekeeping issue on top of all these other things. And so we've tried to compile a list of instances within fandom where fans have turned on artists that they care about, fans have felt like, obligated to an artist's time and among other things to discuss just like the deeper intricacies of fandom culture and how it can be honestly like villain like turned into like a villainous thing to be a part of we're gonna start with like the craziest well craziest like most recent example that we could find which is bts fans fighting with charlie pooth jenna did you want to get into that for us
1: yeah, so Charlie Booth like, took to Twitter to like ask BTS fans to calm down. He was like, I'm a 28-year-old man. <laughs> Please stop fighting me. But the issue was that I guess they did a performance with Jungkook from BTS. And the BTS fans on TikTok were coming at him claiming that Charlie was just using them for clout when like artists perform together all the time. And he even tweeted and he was like, I love those dudes like I support them like wh- like why why are you attacking me for this and like basically was asking people to stop and he made the point that he's like I'm 28 and like I can handle this but 10 years ago I was probably in a very men- different mental state where this would have affected me very differently and people just like have this disconnect of like not realizing like what they're doing is affecting the person on the other end you know mentally
0: the way how quick internet culture changes over time and then the like presence of like the whole like clout culture so like doing things for clout to look good and I feel like that's something that we have brought up in other episodes just briefly is like talking about people like things that exist for clout like people don't understand that Sometimes like artists will respect each other and they'll be like, "Hey, do you want to collaborate?" But also sometimes if two artists are signed to the same label, it's like two BTS fans. BTS is bigger than Charlie Puth, but to my mom who listens to C100 when she's driving to like the store, Charlie Puth is bigger than BTS. And so it's these sort of things where when you combine an artist who is like famous to like moms who listen to the radio and artists who are famous to like thousands of people like millions of people of all ages on the internet it's like you can bring two very different listening parties together and like help each other new.
1: yeah yeah so the next examples that we have um <laughs> i think maybe one of the most infamous ones is Nicki minaj's uh fandom called the barbs oh, yeah. and it seems like they've just attacked literally everyone ever but uh we found an instance of i mean definitely journalists like coming at journalists all the time with unpopular opinions but there was somebody who was like a like a fan of nikki and was just saying like um i'd like to hear nikki like make some more mature songs just like talking about relationships and stuff like that and the fans like went off on her death threats saying they found her cell phone number saying they found her address and then Nicki Minaj was like fanning the flames also coming at her saying like you don't have any right in saying this and like dm'd her stuff um so there's also instances of fans like egging it on and like why don't you give the Louis Tomlinson example
0: so yeah so the Louis one is crazy because we like One Direction Fans know that like Louis is like pretty sarcastic and like kind of doesn't take shit No matter what but there's this like famous australian uh radio dj and she goes by ash london and i think at the time she didn't have her own radio show i think that it was like a group sort of thing where she had like two or three co-hosts and ash had interviewed louis this happened in 2017 so louis wasn't like while louis was like sort of active like he didn't have his album out he most of the music that he had coming out were like collaborations with people and so ash had interviewed louie and it was like pre-recorded so she and like the uh, her co-host had to like introduce the interview rather than like ash just going straight into it because louie was like in studio and her co-host w- asked ash london being like just so we're clear because i'm a visual guy he's the guy with a smaller face with a short brown hair and then and then ash london responded like kind of like ratty facial hair <laughs> and which like isn't not true but <laughs> also like they're radio hosts like they're joking around like people who listen to their show kind of like know what their personality is like but then the co-host again goes he's not Harry Styles basically he's the least popular one and so while what ash said like wasn't the best her co-host said something way worse yeah like, way yeah. more offensive but her co-host is a man so i don't know if that's just me jumping to conclusions or like what's going on there but Louis fans took it as that ash said all of this to explain who louie was before an interview which like Why? Like, if it was just her introducing an interview, none of that conversation would have ever happened. But the fans took to Twitter and were just like, you should kill yourself. Like, how dare you talk about him like that? Like, you're cancelled. Like, all this stuff. And then Louis being Louis, he got involved in the conversation on Twitter. And so I think what happened, because Ash London's tweet is no longer there, I think that she basically was like, i'm getting bullied on twitter like i'm like because of this thing like she probably acknowledged what was going on and was like i'm gonna go like i'm gonna sign off for a bit and louie responded to her and he was like "Prob's best to stay on private for a bit longer love which like knowing louie as a fan like not somebody who's ever met this man personally like i try and make it sound like we're best buds um like i feel like I'm not surprised that he would do this but also at the same time it's like for somebody who's gotten hate for so long for being in a boy band like you would think that he would just be like mistakes are made like no biggie Um, or whatever the case may be because this is an instance where musicians can step in and stop something from happening. Like Artists can so easily step in and most of the time they don't because one person being upset about something like about being bullied online is like way different than coming to the defense of a person that their fans are like we hate them now and i'm not saying it's like i don't like, i don't know it's like a very complicated situation because i can sort of see it from both sides of the dial where it's like okay they probably should be like hey stop bullying this person but at the same time, it's like that can also turn their fans on them, which is something that happens quite often already. And so it's just like a weird, a weird juxtaposition of like not really knowing how to do that. So in there was a BBC article that was written in 2018 that just like covered like toxic fandom and people bullying their favorite stars online. And they interviewed this woman who's named Olivia Edwards-Allen, who, like, works within, like, artist management and, like, social media accounts and stuff. And she said in this interview that – or just, like, in this article, sorry, that they try to see when it's necessary to, to jump in and be like, hey, maybe you should acknowledge that this is happening and tell people to stop And so there are people, and that's the thing that blows my mind even more about this, is that there are people behind the scenes who have that power to kind of be like, We run their social account, we can pretend we can pretend to be them and stop this. And sometimes they don't because they like weigh the risks and they're like, it's not worth it. So
1: Yeah, I mean that yeah, I think it's like there's so much like artists are so busy like there have to be people who are you know monitoring their socials who like call attention to this like it's not like the artist like always knows what's going on yeah and I think it's one of those things like you can't speak out about everything because it would just be an endless list and so like p- mm-hmm. <laughs> picking the battles were about a lack of better words but I do think I do think really big artists do have there's some accountability there for their fans I think if their fans are wreaking havoc and like sending death threats like that's not okay yeah <laughs> I think that's that's the point when they should step in so Sarah in your opinion why do you think Stan's attack like this because i mean you mentioned like myspace era to now social media is like so easily accessible to everyone and the artists are so much more accessible so what's your take well i mean i think
0: uh like as somebody who's like grown up with the internet and like had it from like it's always been a part of like my teenhood sort of stuff so like the first artist that i was like really obsessed with and, like, wished that I could have had any connection to, it was, like, Avril Lavigne. Like, I mean, I love, like, Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears, but I was, like, a little kid. Like, I didn't even know that that would be, like, I didn't even know you could meet famous people when I loved, like, Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. But when I was, like, obsessed with Avril Lavigne, I was, like, I want to be her. She's, like, seven years older than me. Like, she could be my cool babysitter. Like, that sort of thing. And it's, like, if I was, like, if I if the internet was as accessible to me now as it like back then like when i was like 12 or 13 like i was on live journal i was like doing stuff on the internet but like celebrities weren't on live journal. Like, that wasn't really a thing. So, it's, like, you're, you're not going on Avril Levine's like, live journal blog and being, like, Avril, I love you. Answer my comment. Like, that's not <laughs> a thing. Whereas, like, if Twitter had been a thing when I was, like, 12, 13 and obsessed with Avril Levine, like, I would have tweeted her every day. Like, I just yeah. wouldn't have stopped. And it's because there is that, like, disconnect of, like, you know that that person's a celebrity, and you know that they're, like, technically not an accessible person, but because people will tweet, like, these selfies, or, like, tweet, like, thoughts, and, like, share, like, inner like thoughts and feelings whether it be on like politics or like tv shows they're watching or whatever it is like you feel like you know them more than like eight-year-old me thought I knew Nick Carter from like the two unauthorized biographies I kept under my bed yeah. <laughs> like you know it's like not it's it's that a thing where it's like there's that disconnect and they feel so connected to these artists that when they aren't doing something that like they might have said they were going to do in an interview or that they've like hinted at or whatever the case is like, a big example of an artist that there's the disconnect with is, like, our smaller artists who are, who play, like, thousand cap, two thousand cap venues, but they're not being paparazzi shot, like, when they go outside, you know? Like, they feel that closeness to them because like the lyrics are really relatable because these are just quote-unquote normal people and they're like very active on like instagram and twitter and all that sort of stuff because these people like these musicians kind of view themselves as normal people because they're not like big celebrities you know step into the world of power loyalty
1: in that case i pronounce you lucky
0: play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
1: yeah i think that's a good segue for us to get into the nylon article Mm -hmm. this was written in 2019 by caitlin walper um and the articles notice me how fandom endangers female musicians and it specifically talks about indie musicians and it talks about the kind of like uh the female and like queer community and it starts off with like this like really captivating quote from lucy dacus dacus lucy dacus is that how we say her name i don't don't know know. um okay so lucy uh dacus basically was needing to set boundaries between her and her fans because of them them expecting too much from her so she took to twitter wanting firmer fan musician boundaries and followed up with an apology saying i'm constantly worried about coming off as a diva which just like I, I don't know this this article like the whole thing made me very upset that this there's like this culture that exists like a female mm-hmm. musician should be able to say like hey don't try to sneak into my dressing room like don't follow me on the street stuff like that yeah. without sounding like a diva like that's just a basic human request.
0: I think just like in general like as like women it's like you already have that ingrained fear when you're like walking down the street or whatever the case is and then on top of that imagine being like a mid-level famous person who knows that like based off of because you're you're the one who's on your twitter you're the one who's on your instagram you're the one seeing these dms like most of the time these artists don't have a social media manager like we had mentioned earlier And so it's, like, they're the ones who see these things and they know that these people, like, connect to them on this, like, very deep, visceral level and, like, feel this connection when, like, Lucy doesn't know you. Whereas, like, you think you know everything about Lucy, which, like, you you probably know way more than they ever thought possible because you, because when fans are as passionate as these sorts of fans are, they'll be, they'll, like, look into these things and they'll be like, oh, like, who have they been tweeting about? Yeah, I mean...
1: It's like fans know as much as the artist chooses to tell them on Twitter and Instagram, but uh, it's it's because they're more accessible because they have there's like like you said, it's them personally managing these accounts. Mm-hmm. So people do feel like they know them and they feel like they know them lyrically. Which we'll touch on in a minute, but I, I just wanted to read this quote from Lucy. She said there are plenty of concert goers who believe that the cost of their ticket grants them access to the artists, not just access to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, you know, like I wish people would, you know, have the g- come to the shows, like express your emotions, all of that, like love it, enjoy it, but like still keep your behavior in check. Um, and she cited examples of people, men waiting for her at like the airport. <laughs> some other like even sexual harassment things of people like hitting on her or like ask where you're sleeping tonight or fence hopping and entering the green room and then tell her we're in love with you and we had to meet you like i would be terrified if that happened like yeah the the links people will go to and then it, it leads in also to phoebe bridgers um and she once tweeted like i was chased by a full-grown man after a show as he shouted i would never chase you and <laughs> it's just the like this disconnected like yeah. people like it not clicking because they just become like so obsessed and think that these people are just commodities for them to consume and especially women yeah. um just like you're on stage you're there for my consumption uh and there's another example of Kelly uh Killy lots of petal mentioned that she was selling merch uh and these two dudes that came up to her and like offered her a beer and she like declined it because she was like i don't know you know the beer's already open i i don't want to drink right now and i don't know like if you could have slipped something into it and just like politely declined it and then they continued to like hound her and harass her until her manager had to step in and like take over merch and then she couldn't feel comfortable walking around the venue for the rest of the night um and it's just like why why is this behavior happening
0: Yeah, and it's just that thing where, especially with, like, male fans of these, like, female indie artists, it's, like, men, especially, like, cis white men, like, don't understand, like, what these women, like, what women go through every single day. It's, like that whole thing of, like, when you go out for a drink and you, like, hold your hand over the top of the drink and, like, you're not just gonna, like, leave a beer with, like, a cozy on top of it when you, like, go out for a smoke like your guy friends do because you don't know if somebody was watching and being, like, that drink was a girl's. I'm gonna slip something in it while they're away. And so it's just that thing. And also when you were saying, like, somebody chasing Phoebe Bridgers and being, like, I'm not chasing you. Like, I would never chase you. It's that thing where in that guy's mind he was trying to approach her and in her mind she's like this is a man Cu- like walking c- behind me I'm gonna try and get out of the way and so yeah. it's that again the disconnect not even just between artists but it's between like men and women of like not understanding that like that's like that act strikes fear in us and when yeah. you on top of that are like I'm not chasing you it's like okay that's what like that's what Jason would say on Friday the 13th like of course you're not chasing me Jason you're coming to murder me like, so it's it's just that it's 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 something that you can't help but laugh at because it's the only real way to cope. Um, But also how you're saying like when people buy a ticket to shows that they feel like obligated to something, it's like buying a ticket to a show does not mean that you bought a ticket to like meet this person or get anything other than a show. It's like, if you pay $25 to go to a gig, like you pay $25 to go to a gig. And if that artist wants to come out and meet people, that's incredible. That's great. And, like, it helps build, like, a community and, like, helps build fandom and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, if they're having, like, a rough week or if the, like, breakup songs that they're playing are, like, hitting extra hard because they, like, played a hometown show and their, like, ex showed up or whatever the deal is, like, you don't know what they're going through. And so it's, like, if they decide not to come out that night, you standing by, like, the front door of their tour bus or their van or whatever the case may be afterwards is just, like, not it.
1: Yeah, I think that's, like, a super interesting point because there's another artist, Allison Crutchfield, in this article that talks specifically about this and about, like, the anxiety around this. It's, like, you just played a gig. That's, like, you know, th- for you, this is a job like as much as you love music it's also a job and being there like performing takes a lot out of you and then you have to load out and then you have to then you're like sweaty and gross and just like drained and then you have to like people expect that you're gonna come talk to them and especially smaller bands because like you and I have gone to countless shows where like we've waited out by the tour bus to meet bands or we've waited at merch or whatever it is um and I like Allison talking about this from her perspective of like the anxiety associated with that is like a lot to cope with. I thought was really interesting. Cause I've never like to me, I've never thought about the anxiety aspect of it of like if you are someone who like doesn't do well talking to people and suddenly there's like a hundred people waiting to meet you and they're like expecting that you're gonna yeah. go be there, that's a lot of pressure on yourself. And she even goes on to say, like, most of the like she said most of the time she walks away from fan interactions feeling worse because she can't give everything that people are expecting of her
0: yeah because i mean there have been times where i've been working with a band or whatever the case may be whether it be like working really closely or i've done like an interview piece because i've done like multiple pieces like on like discussing fandom and like how different bands like build boundaries and that sort of thing um and So I'll be like photographing like interact or filming or whatever it is that I'm creating like interaction between like fans and bands. And just sometimes you'll like see this look of like despair on an artist's face. And you only know because you know that artist, but sometimes it's just very over the top when somebody comes and, and I mean, it depends a hundred percent depends what the mood, the artist is in. And like we can't speak for these people because we ourselves are not musicians But it's just sometimes they're not in the place to hear, like, your very personal story that, like, that, that like, that your song resonated with them because they had something similar. Because, again, like, sometimes artists aren't actually even singing from, like, their own experiences. Like, they write characters. Like, I know that, I think that Niall Horan said in an interview, like, somewhat recently that he, a lot of his songs are just from like characters he creates I know Sam Fender does that a lot where he's that I think only two of Sam's songs are about actual lived experiences and the rest are just kind of characters he's made up in his head and so for somebody to go up to an artist like that and like who publicly like in interviews will talk about like their mental health and that sort of thing and be like oh this song really spoke to me when like that song isn't something that actually happened to them that can be really hard
1: and that goes on along with the lyrical intimacy and in this article um there's I'll quote this music critic uh Sarah Geffen called this phenomenon asymmetrical intimacy where the quote the musician has no idea who you are but you're already in on their life it's easy to build a fiction in your head where you guys are best buds even if you've never met before um and so that goes to your point of consuming people and thinking like you know them because they posted about something on twitter they posted about something on instagram but then lyrically because a lot of times these indie artists like their lyrics are super raw and like super telling and then the fan trying to read into like oh i know you because this happened to you and this happened to me also when it's like whoa the song wasn't even about that and like you can interpret it how you want but don't like push your uh image of that onto me and i think the other point you just touched on is like the emotional labor of it, of like people confiding in artists of like, yeah, like this really awful thing happened to me um, and it must have happened to you because you wrote like a song about it and like yeah. that wasn't the case at all. And it's like, these people weren't therapists for you.
0: Yeah, it's 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 just something that has always been hard for me personally as someone who was very much in like the fangirl spectrum of fandom growing up but without the, like, fandom community so much because there wasn't, like, Twitter and all that stuff. Like, you'd make your friends at shows and you guys would be, like, fangirls about a band together. But outside of that, like, there wasn't really, like, a, gr- a bigger community, so to speak. Like, there was sort of, but not as much as it is it prevalent is today. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's just always been so interesting growing up not really having that fandom community that you see today and then going from being like a super fan of artists to a music journalist like pretty quickly because like i mean i've been super into music since i was quite young so i mean starting music journalism quite young also like it kind of makes sense in a way but it was like weird when i first start interviewing bands and i like asked sort of questions and they after the interview would kind of be like oh wow like you had like really smart questions for somebody your age And it would just be like, well, because I've just cared about your music for so long. And I, my whole thing was like after, and like, this is something that I'll probably bring up like multiple times. But when I was 14, like I I love this band called McFly from England. Like they're like my favorite band forever. Like they, they might not necessarily make music. That is like what I listen to now. But no matter what McFly comes out with, I will listen to it. Like I will, like they're my favorite, like. And they played a show in New York, and I met them. And if this was the first time ever in my whole life that I got to meet somebody that like I idolized to like this degree that we're discussing right now, and it was like a small show. And the first, and they didn't. They had said like, oh, like got this meeting, greet like everyone's gonna get pictures, everyone's gonna get this thing. And I've been a fan of theirs for like two years already, and I never thought they were gonna come to America, and five people before me on the meet and greet line, they're like, sorry, we can't have photos anymore because like this is a hard rock cafe and like we have to like open this section, like this part up for like people who want to eat food. And I just started crying hysterically because I was like, I'm never gonna get to meet this band ever again. Like they're probably never gonna come back to America. Like the movie they were in did badly and I'm just sobbing. And the first person at the meet and greet table was Harry Judd, who's their drummer. And I just, like, I, this is one of those memories that's, like, seared into my mind. I, like, I caught his drumstick, and I, like, went up to him, and I was, like, I know, and I'm, like, still crying, and I was, like, I know you can only sign one thing, but, like, I can't get my picture with you, so can you, like, sign your drumstick and my, and my CD thing, and he was, like, why are you crying? And I was, like, because they said I can't get a photo with you, and you're, like, you're my favorite band, and I was, like, freaking out, and he, like, grabbed my hand, and he was, like, how old are you? And I was, like, oh, I'm 14, and he was like I'm gonna tell you something really important that I think like is really gonna matter to you and I was like okay and I'm like still crying and he's like we're just people he's like I know that our music means a lot to you but like every band that you ever listen to they go home they take a shit and then go to bed (laughs) that's what he said yeah And I just went from crying to laughing. And he was like, see, he's like, that's so much better. He was like, you don't need to cry. Like, he's like, we'll be back, which was a lie. He was like, he's like, you'll see us again, which wasn't a lie. And he was like, um, and he was like, you just need to remember that like every artist you listen to is just a normal person and we're never worth your tears. And that just like stirred something within me and changed my whole life because even though I still would be very like make my own shirts when I would go to concerts to show support and stuff I tried so hard to treat artists that I met like they were normal people
1: yeah and
0: I would try so hard to like not put put things on them that they didn't ask for and just if I was going to see like a smaller band, I knew that even if I was like gonna make a shirt, because I was like these small bands need to know that people care about them. Was my my mindset behind like making my own shirt for the show. But when I would talk to them, I would just try and talk to them like they were people who could possibly be my friends. And so it's just th- that thing where like you have you have to understand it. Like they are normal people when they go home to take a shit and go to bed. <laughs> like.
1: Yeah. And it's exactly that thing of like, you can't project your fictional story onto them because they exist outside of that. And they'll probably disappoint you if you do that.
0: Exactly. And that's the thing. And I, I stand very firmly by that you shouldn't meet your heroes, especially if there are mixed reviews out there. Like, I've never heard a bad thing about McFly ever in my life, so, like, that's fine. But, like, uh, so Arctic Monkeys are, like, another one of my favorite bands, and people all the time, like, my friends all the time will be, like, oh, like, is there a point in your career where you're going to, like, try and interview Alex Turner, like, if he's making music again? And I'm, like, I could never be in the same room as Alex Turner because if Alex Turner disappointed me, my whole... It would ruin you. Like, it would ruin everything. And it's, like, I think that it's completely healthy to have certain people that not so much that you look at on a pedestal but just people who are like that you know are normal people but you're just like for me in my safe space they're like a special being yeah I feel like that's fine and normal and acceptable and like a good way to kind of like separate yourself from like somebody's questionable behavior which I think comes back to like these teen girls attacking me for saying Ashton Irwin is a misogynist when they're like but he's not and it's like
1: okay you don't
0: like you don't know him like you're also a teenage girl like with i was a teenage girl some of the comments that he said i would have viewed as complimentary and then as i grew older and like met more men i would realize that it's like something that you say because that's what you're taught to say about women and it's not necessarily like a nice thing
1: um yeah so going back to your point about like not meeting your idols like i think especially like fangirls and being young and like loving someone is totally normal and totally fine Mm -hmm. and like a lot of us used like these bands to cope with whatever we were going for like going through at the time and like Mm use their music as like a coping mechanism and that's completely normal like consuming artwork using art to like help you get through something is completely like acceptable and healthy I think it's the boundaries like when that crosses over into projecting all of that onto the individual themselves, Um, because there is that difference between the two. And I think where the issues arise is when um, people can't separate that. And they just think that that person is everything that they've imagined them to be.
0: No, definitely. And I think while the whole like fans attacking other fans or fans attacking like random strangers who say something they disagree with is like a big part of like toxic fandom. I think that the more prevalent part and the part that like fans don't seem to acknowledge as much is like when they do attack their favorite artists. And it's just it's kind of jarring um to see that they even sometimes like think it's funny (laughs) like when they'll be like oh well like and I'm gonna keep using like Rihanna as an example because I think that she unlike somebody like Lana Del Rey who will like go on hiatus like between albums and just like kind of disappear from the media world like Rihanna is like an A-list celebrity Rihanna has like her beauty line she has her clothing line she has the lingerie line she has like all these things because Rihanna is a brand and mm-hmm. this goes back to like our first episode where it's like wearing a Beatles shirt is more than just wearing a beatle, like being a fan of the Beatles like the Beatles are a brand at this point point. Yeah. and like at the beginning they were for girls and now they're for like old men trying to prove a point and it's like Rihanna is for everyone Rihanna is not just for like Rihanna's music fans like Rihanna's been in movies like she's done at all of this stuff and fans will be like well music needs to come first and it's like i don't see people like hating on JLo for like leaving music to become an actress to go back to music like it's it just is it's just an interesting thing where like sometimes i forget that like jennifer lopez is a singer because i'm just like jennifer lopez is an actress and people are like no No, she's not. I mean, but she is. And so it's just, it's just that like thing where depending on how serious you are about caring about somebody, like there could be some girls who don't even know Rihanna sings. Because they're like sixteen True. and like ponder replay came out when they were a fetus. True. <laughs> like or those those sort of things where it's like just because to you Rihanna is ignoring you because she hasn't released an album in like three and a half years, she's not ignoring a broader spectrum of people because she's released makeup, she's released like an inclusive lingerie line and like fashion line, and she's been in like Oceans 8 and like all of this stuff and like other movies what's that weird board? Battleship. She was in the Battleship movie, which is, why would they make that a movie? <laughs> but, yeah, so it's it's just crazy, and there was this article on the Daily Beast in 2019 by Joseph Longo. It's called When Stans Turn Toxic and Harass Their Music Idols. And this goes into this, like, whole conversation, a lot about Rihanna, but also about other artists, and there was this one guy that the Daily Beast, like, interviewed who just kept being like, oh, like, it's funny. Like, it's not a big deal. And it's like, no, sir. It is kind of a b- big deal because you just keep being like, bitch, where's my music? And, like, you shouldn't talk to Rihanna like that. <laughs> like, So it, it's just,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because it's, like, that one's double-sided because it's almost, like, they think it's funny because, some like, maybe they think she won't ever see it. Yeah, which is like a separation between the, in the accessibility thing. But on the other side of it, it's it's a, a culmination of people saying that it's the mob mentality yeah. of like when we were talking earlier about like fans all like Louis fans all jumping on that radio host or whatever it is like it's like one person starts doing it's a bandwagon effect. They're all yeah. doing it that piles up into like a lot of hate on the Internet.
0: Yeah, because when you have these, like, fandom groups, if, like, so let's say, so I, like, love Louis Tomlinson, as everybody should know by this point, like, let's say I was part of, like, this, like, Louis, like, fandom on Twitter, and I was like, oh, this bitch in Australia, like, said that Louis was, like, the lesser known member of One Direction, I'm gonna hate on her. That would mean that I probably have like a group DM chat with at least 10 other Louis stands. and they'd be like, Hey, why did you like tweet yelling at this radio host? And I could be like, Oh, this bitch. And like send them an audio clip. And then they would go and then they would go to their other group chats. And it's like this domino effect of people just attacking because one person did it or, like, a couple people did it that are also within the fandom. And so that's the thing is it's, like, if this one guy who's, like, prevalent in, like, the Rihanna fandom is hating on Rihanna, the other fans are going to be like, oh, Rihanna's tweeted him before. She'll see it if we all respond to his tweet or whatever the case is. And this guy also in this The Daily Beast article said that he thinks it's okay to be kind of like sassy and snarky towards Rihanna about this because Rihanna is sassy and snarky back. And so she'll sometimes respond to comments being like, bitch, I'm running an empire or like whatever the case may be. And it's like, Queen, you are running an empire. Like they don't deserve you. (laughs) And so it's just that thing where it's like, just because they snap back sometimes doesn't mean that like it's not affecting them negatively when they see these people being like well where's my music like again as we already were talking about like with the indie artists like you don't know what these people are going through and sometimes you're just not in the headspace to like write music and that's the thing is it's like an actor or like an actress or like other people who are in the spotlight like while their jobs are also hard like you they don't owe you anything yeah like nobody owes you anything but also just like if you do some sort of other vocation that makes you a celebrity like if you want to keep acting but you're like oh like I'm tired of dramas you can like phone it in and like be on a in a comedy or whatever the case is like obviously I don't acting is hard that's not what I'm saying (laughs) but it's it's just that thing where it's like music comes from a very different place than other Vocations that make you an A list celebrity. And so sometimes you're just not in that space to write music, or like maybe you wrote something and then by the time you were ready to go into the studio, you're like, you know what? These like 12 songs I have don't speak to me in the same way anymore. And so you just like, you don't know what people are going through. And it's like, as I was saying, it's just like the same thing of like assuming you understand where a person's coming Mm -hmm. from because you know their online persona, which like can not be them sometimes
1: it's also um what we mentioned earlier of like just because rihanna and the the point with rihanna was like she released a lot of albums in like a short span of time yeah uh, over the early parts of her career and so it's like people started expecting albums from her Mm -hmm. and like expect that she's just going to keep doing that forever expect that she's going to turn out an album every two years when it's like she's a human she can do what she wants like she doesn't owe you anything just because that's how she started her career
0: yeah, and I mean, and that's also the thing that we talk the that we mentioned in our One Direction series is that, like, towards the end of One Direction, like a year before the hiatus even happened, Harry was kind of like, we were all exhausted, and I kind of like put my toe into the water that was and saying like, maybe we should think about taking a break because we're gonna exhaust ourselves and our fans because when fans expect you to be touring and recording that much even though like now looking back when fans talk about it they'll be like they were so tired they were touring all the time it's like if that had stopped even if they like didn't go on hiatus and they just were like oh like we're we're gonna take a break to like properly write an album instead of writing on tour like they would have freaked out and been like why like why are you not available to me when you've been available to me for four years
1: Yeah, and another quote from this Daily Beast article is that part of the frustration is if there's not music, then there's little keeping the community together. Yeah. So that's like touching your point on One Direction, especially like, because I was always on Tumblr when like One Direction was big. So it's like always seeing new content, always seeing new interviews, seeing gifts of them, seeing photos of them, because they're always doing stuff. They're always in the media. They're always putting on an album. They're always touring. And then it's like, when that goes away, like, what do you have left to focus on?
0: yeah. No completely and it's just it's just that crazy thing of feeling like you don't have a community to belong to anymore just because the artist that you love isn't creating stuff as regular regularly as they used to be or whatever the case may be and I just think that
1: people need more hobbies
0: yeah people need more hobbies but I think also Uh, it's just like a toxic (laughs) behavior that's been created because of how accessible everything is because Mm -hmm. we have like our phones like these little computers in our hands at all times and so and like our attention span has just become less and less because I just remember and like still now like I have friends who are shocked when I tell them that I have like a list of five movies that I watch at least once a year and they'll be like whereas I also have friends and these same friends will be like oh like I watched The Office for the 20th time this year and I'm like you give me shit because I watch The Princess Bride and The Lost Boys once a year and yet you just like finish The Office for the 20th time and so it's just these things where like liking The Office is a personality trait whereas the princess bride has like shaped my whole sense of humor, yet like I can't be like the princess bride is my personality, like is a personality trait. Whereas like if yeah. somebody's like, I like the office, you like know whether or not you're gonna like them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, going back to your point, we were talking about this the other day, but <laughs> turns out MySpace is one of your personality traits, yeah. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah well exactly like these are things (laughs) where it's like when you hang out with somebody enough or you talk about things you'll be like oh like that certain thing really shaped who they are whereas like myspace really did have a lot to do with who I am as a person um but also like myspace sounds cooler to acknowledge than live journal which a live journal was like (laughs) a big problem in my life but
1: well I think like something can like something can you know be like especially in your teen years like everything you're absorbed into and that can really shape you as a person but yeah. you have to exist outside of that too like that can't be your sole identity it's just like a one direction fan or whatever it is yeah and I think I don't know it's I mean it's easy to say that as like somebody who's not a teenager anymore well, but um I no, I don't no. know I guess my point is like people need to grow beyond the one thing
0: yeah and like a, a thing that we've said in different ways than multiple other episodes is is it's like just because a band doesn't exist anymore or because an artist isn't making music anymore or may be on a break or whatever the case may be that doesn't mean that they don't still exist like that doesn't mean that you can't sit in your room and listen to one direction all day or listen to mcfly all day like mcfly hasn't released A new album in I wanna say like six or maybe six plus years. And yet, like whenever I'm sad, I know that I can like put on like a McFly song and it's gonna just like make me feel warm inside, even though that's like again, not really the kind of music that I gravitate towards on a day-to-day basis. And so if your friends are your friends because you met through One Direction, just because One Direction isn't making music anymore doesn't mean that they're not gonna still be your friends. Like the One Direction community is very active every day and they like sometimes pretend old content is new just to come up with something to talk about i feel like <laughs> but it's the same thing with like rihanna it's like rihanna has other stuff going on like you don't need to focus on her music like just just like support an artist that you love and it will never come back to bite you in the ass because if you make friends along the way you make friends along the way like they're going to be your friends like you're going to find out you've other stuff in common like i don't yeah personally know anybody that I met because of one thing we have in common that I didn't later find out we have like more stuff to talk about. Like so that's the thing I don't understand where it's like this is our personality. This is it. And it's like what? (laughs) So yeah, it's just like there's a much bigger picture than just like port like I don't I'm the word is escaping me, but there's just like a bigger picture than like assuming that you understand an artist when you don't and like there's more to life than like revolving Mm -hmm. your life around an artist that you love and like being toxic to other people who love the same artist as you is not going to get you anywhere because it's more than likely that if an artist comes out of the woodwork to, because there's like some beef going on on twitter that it's most likely going to be that the artist is going to be like hey stop bullying other fans <laughs> like it's way le-
1: like I feel it like making knowledge is the exception there yeah
0: like it obviously does happen that like these artists like feel the need to stand up for themselves but nine times out of ten like th- the artist is going to disappoint these fans who have been attacking somebody because they're probably going to be like hey you don't like it when I'm bullied. So, like, why does somebody quote-unquote bullying me make it okay for you to bully them?
1: Yeah. Bullying on the internet, man. That's something <laughs> that has not changed since mm-hmm. the internet was born.
0: Yeah, it's just easier. It's not gotten f- any
1: better. Like, there's, like, anti-bullying campaigns all the time.
0: Yeah, it's just gotten easier to find people's moms. So, we hope that we've... um brought to light some important issues and maybe made a few of you rethink your internet usage tactics because I mean in the long run if you love music you love music and you really shouldn't hate on people for loving it differently than you do yeah I feel like the grand conclusion of this is like stop projecting your thought your thoughts and feelings onto your favorite artists and stop bullying other fans for um not agreeing with you And don't hold it
1: against Rihanna
0: for not releasing music when she's busy doing other stuff.
1: And now Sarah is going to take it away with Band of the Week in 30 seconds or less, starting in three, two, one.
0: The Amazons are this week's band, they're from the United Kingdom, as per usual. Um, every time I listen to any of their songs I get super emotional and feel like I've been transplanted into like a super fun gig which is incredible I think it's just because it's like rock music and you just like you just feel that vibe like you're at a concert when you listen to them which I think is a really nice thing if I'm going to suggest any songs you should check out Fuzzy Trees and Ultraviolet Um, the singer is a beautiful man they're very nice people (laughs) the music is great and you should all go check them out Thanks for joining us on Name Three Songs. Until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band.
1: And remember that you're never too cool to listen to Harry Styles.
0: And don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review, it really helps.
1: If you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit NameThreeSongs.com. Okay, round two, name something that's not boring.